Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas Podcast. Fisher Tosopolis, Snacks Crider, the Quan Cosby. Get your horns up, cuz here we go. Horns Up Talking Texas. Fellows, we have a lot to discuss. Football schedules are out. Some kind of familiar faces, but not as familiar faces. I totally forgot that we added BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati, Cincinnati to the Big 12. Yeah, they're here, and we're playing two of them. We no longer play West Virginia this year. Who else do we drop? Oklahoma State? Oklahoma yep. State. Okay. So we lose both okay. those games. We add BYU, which typically should be good. But yeah. in the past, we've You're had wrong. trouble against BYU. Yeah. Uh, and thank God. I know, Quan, we were saying that we're happy we're home, but you like Utah. I do like Utah a lot, man. It's, it's pretty awesome. I stayed there in minor league baseball, and I was uh, – Playing right. at Provo. I was I was on campus. So uh you know what? Uh, the reason I like it, one, because I like to travel to cool places, have some friends in Utah. And quite frankly, the hell with that. If you got go win. We're going to Tuscaloosa. They're pretty damn good. We're gonna have to beat whoever and wherever we go if we wanna be where we're trying to get to. So no, I, I think it's just a pretty place. I take going to Utah all day over going to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> that's the total opposite. It's not very pretty there. Yes, that, that is, that is true, but we have to go to Tuscaloosa. I'm excited that a lot of our, we don't really travel outside of Texas, outside of the Alabama game, right? Most of the games are at home. So even the Houston game that we add, that's just right down the road, pretty much um, yeah. a team we should be. Dana Holgerson is familiar with our program, obviously coaching at West Virginia, but these two additions honestly bode well for us. We've talked about in the past all the guys we've added, and we said it on, we touched on it last show, really. Like, this is really Sark's time to shine. This is almost a nut up or shut up season for Sark. Obviously, he built on what was a very disappointing first season. We make the increment, you know, steps to get better in the second season. Now, in this third season, Quinn's healthy. You have Arch breathing down his neck. You have guys returning all across the board in offense uh, and on defense as well. Um, there's rumors we're adding. The top tight end in the nation, Deuce Robinson, hasn't officially signed yet, but that could be Arch Manning doing uh, the Lord's work, as they'd say. <laughs> this again, you know. That'd be a top prospect in four four different positions. Yeah, we'd have the top quarterback, running top back, running back, linebacker, linebacker tight and tight end. end. Have you ever seen something like that, Quan? In Mac Brown days, we did see that, to, to be real with you. But in the last decade, not even close. That not, not that we even got maybe one top guy in any position, let alone four. Right. Um, and, and then even have some mm -hmm. some some guys in the previous class who could possibly be the same thing in banks. We've talked about them a lot and different things like that. So the, you, this is these classes is what it's about. And, and by the way, talk about being bought in. Arch texting his boys, doing his work. The man, he's all in. 
He wants to win. He wants to come to Texas and build on what we believe Quinn could do this season. So it's cool to see it. Um, last season was fine, but to your point of getting where we want to be, uh, this, this, those level players will get us there. As far as, look, the mullet was exciting. We were all absolutely amped. But I can, th I think it's fair to say it's nothing of the magnitude of Arch right now. And ha have any of y'all ever seen a player have this much pull on campus without even, you know, touching the field? Well, I don't necessarily think that there's ever been anyone with this type of persona because of who his uncles are, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's... Of course, there's like legendary football families out there, but I don't think it gets more legendary than the Mannings because they play the quarterback position. And of course, Peyton is considered one of the greatest of all time to ever do it. Eli, of course, has two Super Bowls himself um, and just Arch, the grandfather. Um, so we haven't been able to see anything like this because we haven't been alive long enough. And honestly, like, there just <laughs> hasn't been enough families to to put, you know, these, these uh, generations of players on the field. But it's awesome that he's using his his um you know his image and everything to to capture all these targets that we have for Texas and he's well aware of you know how much power he has as a player um and as just a, a, a an ambassador for Texas mm -hmm. more than just a player yeah dude it's it's cool and it talks to the process it's, you know it's, everybody talked about the money that was you know spent to try to get him and the Manning family, to your point, we just haven't had that. And, and by the way, you talked about Peyton, you talked about Eli, you talked about Pawpaw. Cooper was supposedly the most athletic one of all of them, but he got injured. <laughs> and so just that level of family and what they've yep. done in this sport. And then, you, you know, Arch living up to the hype. And, and last but not least, living up to the hype. But I think we've talked about it a million times. What I think Texas has been truly missing is leadership. And he's already showing signs off mm. the field that he's absolutely going to do that for us. Texting, <clears throat> texting guys, um, <clears throat> the work he's put in, he's going to be the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, kind of moving off of football, talking about leadership, you're right. That is something we've been looking for. And I think that's something we've really found in spades on the basketball court this season. What we talk about it all the time, what these kids have gone through, especially over like the last month, our head coach, and this is something we've like seen in the past where we're riding high in this basketball team, we lose to Tennessee, and then we go to the gauntlet of the Big 12, we face Baylor, and we kind of unravel, spiral out of control. After losing a tough one to Tennessee, which again, it was kind of the woes of the season. We really were a second half team in that fight. And we came out very piss poor on defense. They dropped 40 in the first half. Granted, it was their home. Granted, it's against, against Rick Barnes. He's very familiar. He's always got a bone to pick every time we see him. Going to this Baylor game, who it may not have been as evident last night, but very sharp shooting. A lot of guys that could hit the three, you know, Flager, Cryer, Keontae George, who had a very bad shooting night, but again, like was not afraid to get to the rack and try to get to the line. We were with them step for step. And quite frankly, like, like we said earlier, we were talking outside in the, you know, in the office, like we led the entire time. Yeah. I didn't give the lead once. 
Yeah. You know, and that to me is a testament of guys like Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen. And honestly, Marcus Carr didn't even have the best games. It's, no. it's the fact that some of these guys are stepping up when the other players are not having their best games, right? Mm-hmm. Like Sabari, Serge Jabari Rice stepping up in big moments, right? Hitting those threes back to back. You know, Ty- Tyrese Hunter taking care of the ball, right? Being being the guy, you know, running point when Marcus Carr is out. Timmy Allen, you know, being a a, a big threat down low. And even Desu, I mean, like he's really yeah. taken a lot of a lot of steps forward. And, you know, Brock's leadership. I think every single guy has such a pivotal role to play on this team. And they are able to pick each other up when they're down. I think that's the key is, uh, first of all. a very, very good combo. You got a good what? Go ahead, Q. Go ahead, Q. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Go for it. I, I, I'll follow up after. I, I was just going to say, I mean, this is the best Texas basketball team we've seen in a long time. We're 18 and four. We are the best team in the Big 12 right now in what, you know, in the last episode where we were all together, we were talking about how the Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball. And uh, it, it's not really that close. I know we lost to Tennessee and, and they're a really good team, right? Right now they're ranked number two in the country. Um, but it's been quite some time since we've had a through and through team to the definition of that word that can compete and really vie for a March Madness run, like a true tourney run. Like we've we've kind of kitted ourselves into believing that we've had teams that could do that. It was one year, the Jericho Sims year with when we lost Abilene Christian, and I don't know, I had, that we was lost Abilene Christian. Though. But that was a team that I <laughs> truthfully felt. I mean, there's video of me like practically on Nick's old couch, like pain, like true raw footage of me like dying on that couch. I was so devastated. <laughs> but I I, I find it hard. I, I guarantee our record was not 18 and four no. the first 22 games of the season. We yeah. were not seven and two and had just beaten Baylor who you mentioned all those guys on their team, like Flagler, uh, like Cryer. Those guys have played Thamba. Those guys have played in deep tourney runs. Mm-hmm. Like to beat a team of that stature at this point in the season and to be seven and two in conference play really speaks to the character of these guys and their competitiveness. And sure. I think like there's still something to be desired from a rebounding standpoint from a big, from the bigs, you know, that are on our team. But I, I texted you guys, Dylan Mitchell had seven rebounds. He led the team guy Dude, stepping up and doing the dirty work. That guy it. pops off, like literally explodes yeah. off the court. Like he finishes so strong. And I think something you said last episode about him not having enough space toss. I kind of watched the game in that route. I, I could see what you're saying. Like he, when he's given that opportunity to explode and get like a put back dunk and he's given like the time to fly, like truly spread his wings and fly. Like that guy can really move. He's an uber, uber athlete, very aggressive to the basketball. I think we just are starting to find him, Arterio Morris, who played nice, had some nice defensive moments, like yeah. starting to incorporate these guys. But when you have a guy like Serge Barry Rice, like you're saying, Nick, who just comes in off the bench and is automatic from the line, is le- he just had he had a lot of open threes, and every time right from the wing, buried him, buried him, buried him. I mean, were you, were Q, were you there? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was. It was oh, sorry, I, I didn't mean to insult you. <laughs> no, no, no. I was talking to, to Rice, and it was funny because I laughed. I was like, "Hit him with the pump fake," and they fall for it every time. It's like, do these people not watch film? Like he's. And then the cool piece of it in the second half is he set him up because he quit pump faking. It was like they had any mm-hmm. ounce of hesitation, and boom, he drills it. And so it's, it's a couple of two. It's two more factors I want to talk about. One, y'all been knocked. I mean, you've been hitting it nail on the head. We're so deep. I mean, we 
our bench, our mm-hmm. role players. We're so freaking deep. And I guess I don't know that I always appreciated it before. And maybe it was because of um, the way Beard kind of coached it a little bit differently. He kind of wanted a good six, maybe seven guys, and that was their rotation, and they were going to grind. Mm-hmm. Whereas in now, I mean, we're using a really big portion of you know, our roster, and they're all coming in, making plays, rebounding. Uh, Mitchell wasn't starting before. He's in there now. He's getting more aggressive. It's just so many layers to what I'm seeing, the kind of adjustments. And kudos to Coach Terry because they are absolutely – getting better and he's trying to figure out the puzzle pieces the other piece is as much as i say coach beard did it a little bit differently what i have to give him props for baylor before scott drew teams uh tennessee did beat our butt a little bit but i'm gonna go to this game and i'm gonna go back to the oklahoma state game that i saw both at home we are ten thousand times more physical than we've ever been in my opinion in the last few years even going back to some of the mm. kind of Durant days. Now, P.J. Tucker was physical. He was tough. He's always been that. But these cats have still been is. going at it. Yeah, he still is. They have been going at it. And I was like, I got. I have to give Beard that. Culturally, he changed them. They are tough. Their defense was on point last night. It played better uh, the second half of Tennessee, but between in-conference, Okie State and Baylor. Baylor dudes started out just what they do, hitting crazy shots. They're so freaking good. And we clamped down. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were complaining. They hit the floor. Even if they made it, they hit the floor. It was tough shots. And even George, I mean, he just, he was, I, I was laughing because there were so many Baylor players that was on the floor and they just sit there and kind of shake their head. Like, what is going on? Yeah. And for me, especially watching that game, been from the Waco area and what Scott Drew has done, that was usually us on the ground shaking our head because of how physical. When they won it yeah. the COVID year, when they just embarrassed Gonzaga, they were so dang physical. And so that's a cool thing that I I think from Mm -hmm. a development standpoint we've seen. And last but not least, to see Scott Drew just kind of shaking his head and almost taking it in in the mood. Now, mind me, Baylor is working on a new arena in Waco, but it was very visible that I caught him several times just like, holy crap. This is not the Texas I've been playing for the last 10 years. And yes, team-wise, but ultimately, atmosphere, culture, the student section was rocking. It was crazy in there last night. And a lot of people that went, that I know from Waco said, um, one of the guys, even one of Scott Drew's first recruiting class, texted me and said, this is next level. And so all of that, I think, just played played a role in beating a really good Baylor team who just, you know, at home beat Kansas. The Big 12, as we talked about it, being so strong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, why not? Why can't we be that top-tier program that, you know, the Dukes, the UNCs, now, like, the Tennessees, the Bamas, the LSUs are starting to become, you know? Like, these teams, you know, they are able to get top-tier talent, but also they have so much money. They have so much exposure. Like, we could do it on the football field. We could do it on the basketball court as well. I mean, we built this beautiful arena. We've got great, passionate fans. We've got a really rich history of NBA players as well. I mean, probably the you know best score in the league is, is a Texas Longhorn and Kevin Durant. You, you know? made the argument all the time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't be a top-tier program. And look, we're saying right now the Big 12 is the most competitive conference in all college basketball, and we're the top dog. 
So this should carry some weight for a long time and show recruits that we mean business here. Yeah, I mean, we, I, we lost to Tennessee. Tennessee, who is, like you said, Quan, they, they beat us. They beat us pretty bad. They were ahead. The, the final score actually was closer than the game was. Mm-hmm. But at the same on the same token, the Oklahoma Sooners, who are unranked, piped the Alabama Crimson Tide. Like, yeah. destroyed them. Yeah. Uh, beat them by like 30 points. But they're number yeah. one in the SEC and they're undefeated right. in the SEC. Right. So that, that just goes to show like how, how tough this Big 12 conference is. And we've got essentially a little over a month now, right? We're, we're January 31st. And uh, our last game, uh, I think, is on like March 6th. We close the game. We close the season out with Kansas and then we'll get into the Big 12 tournament. So, you know, they played really, really well. We're giving them a lot of praise. Well-deserved. But Coach Terry, man, they have Coach Terry's been great, but they got to keep after it because there's yeah. a ton, ton more <laughs> no... tough games uh, up ahead. And I think the only the only only unranked opponent that we play at, at, from now until the end of the season, I think, is West Virginia. It's the gauntlet, man. So, it, it's the gauntlet. And before, you know, you close out, Q, Coach Terry if the job he's done is so masterful, if you didn't know coach beard had gotten fired, like if there was just no notes on it and this was like, okay, this was our season. Everything's going according to plan. Yep. Like there's been no shocks. Like, okay. If you would have told me you'd be 18 and four, your losses are an overtime loss at the garden to Illinois. Who's solid. Yeah. A, a loss at Tennessee, a loss at Iowa state, and then a loss against Kansas state who's arguably the best you could play if they're if we're not the best team in the big 12 it could be kansas state yeah yeah so if that, it's everything's going according to plan as far as i can see it yeah and the last <laughs> thing i'll say really plan. quickly on coach terry is look yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with coach terry look people when beard got fired all right who's next you know is it gonna be calipari like are we gonna go out and get rick patino are we gonna go and get someone big a big name you know what why don't we succeed so well this year that we have no choice but to keep Terry on on this team? I love what he's doing. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's a what are you hearing down there, too. Q? What does it take? You know, I was we were talking about it last night, especially after that game with the crew we went with. What would it take for him to truly kind of be in that consideration? If the season ended right now, I'd be like, "You're crazy as hell to not just give him the job and let's build on it." Um, but you know, we'll see how. It's, it's getting real. It's been real. It's getting realer as we go to Kansas. We go to K-State. If he gets – man, and this is my thing. I'm a realist about this. If he can go 500 in that state and then continue the momentum, continue to get better, continue to – because he's coaching. I'm telling you, their halftime adjustments and some of the things that we've seen, he's doing – they're coaching. They're doing it collective, collectively as a village. A lot of experience on that bench, but – I don't know what it's going to take, but I do know that, uh, like you said, I'm, we're, we're super proud and pumped at where we are. And um, the Big 12 absolutely knows that it's going to be a dogfight every night. And that, that's cool to be in that position, um, in the mood, the way it's all kind of playing out. Yeah. And, you know, and by again, the way, let's give a shout out real quick. Still on my left, the, t- the roster of Baylor. Because I, I think our boys and females team are both leading the Big 12 right now. Yeah, I mean, look, 
we don't talk about our females enough, but we also don't talk about them because there's nothing wrong with our female athletics. <laughs> <laughs> our female athletics borderline bats a thousand. We don't so, need to like. Uh, we, the there's no like nothing critical to go on there. With female athletics. But it's funny you said. Yeah, they actually. Saw, they are, um, they, O'Neal from a volleyball. I saw a volleyball team representing watching the game last night. So they're not worried. They're just waiting on their rings to get there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they, I mean, talking about talking about an athletic family or Jermaine O'Neal's her father, but again, like huge win for the horns. We got to keep, if we keep the momentum going, have a great showing to end the year. We go to like, let's say the elite eight, even I have, I have zero qualms with coach Terry keeping his job. In fact, I think he should. Um, great stuff. Great win. Start to finish. I'm, Again, as always, after recording, amped. Uh, no <laughs> coffee needed for the rest of the day. Torqued, fully <laughs> torqued. <laughs> With their horns up. Stayed on Saturday. Let's let's get it. Fisher to stop with snacks, Crider, and of course, number six, the Quan Cosby. Get your horns up because we'll see you guys next time. Okay. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.